1: Uh, I'm the producer Brandy Thomas, and I'm going to be on this episode today. This is our first episode. We're really excited about it. I do not matter, though, because we have three amazing doctors uh, who are going to be doing this podcast, as well as doctors from all over the country. We're all going to be coming together and discussing everything in fertility. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and bring them on and introduce them. First off, we have Carrie Bedient, who is a fertility specialist with the Fertility Center
2: of Las Vegas. Hello. Hi. I'm so excited to be here, especially with all of you lovely ladies, talking about all of the fertility issues that we see and deal with every day, both on a scientific level um, and on the very human level, because all of us have such different experiences within this field with both patients and our personal experience as well. So I am very excited to be here. That's awesome. So what's your what's your background in fertility? So like most docs, I um, went to all the way up through about the 24th, 25th grade um, <laughs> and went to medical school in Arizona, which is where I grew up, and then went to residency in Cleveland and then fellowship in Atlanta at Emory University, and then came out to Las Vegas because I am a desert rat at heart and I'm just... <laughs> very much at home in the mountains and the heat. And so
1: you must be pretty excited with where we're recording. Well, I guess you live here. So it doesn't we're the rest of us are very excited to be sitting here in front of palm trees recording in Vegas. But since you live here, that is wow. Okay, so that's great. So and we also have Susan Hudson here uh,
3: with Texas Fertility Center. So Susan, do you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about your background and what you do? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to be here as well. I think this is beginning of something really, really special. I am a Texan true and true. I grew up in Central Texas and did undergrad and medical school through Texas A&M University. And then I did residency also through Scott and White Texas A&M. And then I decided to go up north to the frosty land of the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota for three years to do my fellowship and then came straight back to Texas because it's truly home. Awesome.
1: Cool. Very cool. So, and then we also have Abby Abby Eblin here. Sorry about that. With Nashville okay. Fertility Center. Do you want to go ahead and talk? What What are you doing with this podcast? And why did you decide to get involved with it?
0: So the reason I really decided to get involved is, you know, I think fertility is really um, an important medical issue for a lot of women. But it's really, it's it's really personal for me too. I was a fertility doctor and I was an infertile fertility doctor, which is, it's really a hard thing to be an infertile fertility doctor. And I'm really thrilled that I was successful and I have two teenagers right now. And so I, I think I probably am accused of maybe sharing too much with my patients and they probably don't <laughs> want to hear my story. So, you know, now I have a good avenue to share my my experiences. There we go. That's awesome. Well, and so getting here, we all
1: joined here together in Las Vegas to do these recordings. We're going to be doing the next six to 10 episodes together, which is going to be exciting. But then we're also going to have doctors from different practices recording at their offices, and we're going to be publishing those too. Uh, but getting here, I did want to talk a little bit about the uh, experience that Susan
3: had uh, yesterday on the plane ride over here. We we had a little bit of excitement um, flying from Texas to L.A. Um, you, it's one of those things where you're sitting on the plane and all of a sudden they're like, are there any medical professionals on board? <laughs> and you have that moment where it's like, Okay, I'm a fertility doctor. I'm pretty sure there aren't any fertility emergencies happening right here. Um, But unfortunately, there was a gentleman who had taken a little too much um, anti-nausea medicines for his trip, and he had had a reaction to it. But everything ended up being fine, but... Um, fortunately, we didn't have to divert the plane or anything like that. that and how was
2: your blood pressure during all of that? <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. My, my pulse was probably about like 120. <laughs> yeah, he, He's sitting there looking at his, his fancy little Apple watch saying, OK, well, I didn't have a heart attack. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I told Susan my biggest fear is as a medical professional, if I'm on a plane, that I'm going to have to make the decision to divert the plane. And you know, <laughs> not too many fertility doctors have to make those big of a decision. You know, right. so fortunately, that didn't happen in your experience, at, though.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. He ended up getting better relatively quickly. And so we were pretty sure there wasn't anything too scary. Going but of all plane
1: rides for that to happen on, you know, the one when you're coming to do the podcast. That's just yes. like mm-hmm. you showed up at like 9 p.m. last night. Like this just happened. OK. So. Exactly.
3: Exactly. I remember when I was a medical student and we were interviewing for residencies, like flying with my stethoscope because I was so paranoid <laughs> uh, yeah. about something like this happening. Uh-huh. And then I guess you know with time you get like oh it's not going to be a big deal and then the one time you, it happens it's like whoo okay let's try to get all that stuff that I learned a long time ago mm-hmm. right gosh man. you know I, I,
0: a few times I would look at my CPR book before I flew because I was just <laughs> paranoid there are enough kind of. Older people there that I was like, is it how many compressions do I do and how many breaths do I do? And, of course, fortunately, that we talked about now with CPR, you don't have to worry about giving breaths anymore. It's just chest compressions. But uh, every now and then I like to brush up on that before I fly. Well, and I like the tip that you said yesterday, break a rib. That's like that's the goal, right? <laughs> it's really like the goal. But if you're doing chest compressions and we're way digressing from fertility. here, but If you're doing chest compressions correctly, in theory, you end up breaking ribs. So. I just yeah, I
1: think that should be like the the. That's how you know you've done it right. Yeah, you know, you've saved
2: a life. Might have broken a rib, but at least you well, saved a life. And know. if you're singing the to the tune Staying Alive, right. you know that your pattern's right and your timing is about right, too. And so you can serenade everyone around you
1: while you are <laughs> saving a life. That. Absolutely. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show The Office. Have you guys ever yeah. seen that? Oh, absolutely. There's an episode yeah. where the CPR instructor comes in, and they do that. They say it's the singing alive tune, staying alive, yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. staying alive, and the entire office gets too distracted by dancing the song. Too. <laughs> <But> actually, I actually <laughs>
0: thought that was a joke when somebody, but that's really it's really yeah, true. It's yeah. The yeah, 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 and it gives you the speed because most people do it too slow, and they don't press hard enough. So. Right.
1: Okay. Well, that's I thought that was just in the office, so I'm glad that we have actual doctors here to confirm that. Now that, <laughs> now
0: that we have all this basic first aid out of the way, maybe we need to talk a little infertility. <laughs> well, and
1: I think that's going to be the great thing about this podcast is having so many different doctor perspectives on here. Even if it does sometimes stray far from infertility, the information that you guys have is so valuable, especially to people like me who know nothing about Medical infertility stuff, you know. Uh, like I said, I am just on here on this episode. These ladies are going to be running the show from this point forward. Uh, but I did kind of want to ask each of you, though, what are your what are your core areas of expertise within? Infertility. Do you have like a specialized area that you focus on, or is there something specific that's like your favorite part of infertility, or not? Favorite. That sounded. That was worded. No, in no. Here. Actually,
0: my favorite part of infertility is saying congratulations, right. you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, those phone calls that, are. The those best. are the best phone calls ever to make. Those uh-huh. are great,
1: yeah. man. Yeah, that must be really. Was there? I'm gonna actually ask you, Abby. Was there? Did you ever have someone who was who had been like trying? What was the longest period? that you had
0: someone trying and then you finally got to tell them that news. Well, actually, I have a patient who was in her teenage years and I actually saw her. I'm old enough, I won't tell you how old I am, but I'm old enough that I actually saw her when she was 16. She had a really high hormone level of FSH, which hadn't had a period ever or actually, actually it was yeah, primary, she'd never had a period. And so, um, so I diagnosed her with premature ovarian failure when she was 16. So fast forward, About two years ago, she came back to me, now as a 32-year-old, and married. And they had tried for a little bit, hadn't been using birth control, tried for a little bit. Um, She wasn't pregnant, so we checked her, one of her egg numbers. Now we measure something called anti-mullerian hormone, or AMH, which kind of gives us an idea of kind of the egg reserve. And hers was little bit abnormal, but not horribly abnormal. So we tried some treatments. Anyway, fast forward, we ended up doing in vitro fertilization, where we took her egg and her husband's sperm, put it together to make an embryo. And of course, I didn't even know if she would be able to do that. I didn't know she had any eggs left. And so we did that. And she ended up having to do two cycles. But on the second cycle, she got pregnant and we're waiting for her ultrasound next week. So. That is so
2: exciting. Yeah, so I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. I can't
0: wait to give her the congratulations. You have a baby in there. No <laughs> kidding, considering it started when she was 16. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really, I, f- I told her I feel like her surrogate mother, or at least her favorite aunt or right. something. <laughs>
3: yeah, <at least> <laughs> That's
1: That's so exciting. So And so with that, there's going to be so many amazing experiences like that for you guys as fertility doctors. What, I was going to ask Susan, what, what is the one thing that caused you to to lean towards being a fertility doctor? Like, what was your inspiration to go to, go into this field?
3: Well, originally when I went into med school, I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician and I realized I really didn't, that wasn't my kind of forte, that helping create parents is, is one of the greatest joys. And one of the neat things about what we do is that even if you, have a couple who comes in with maybe the same issue. So maybe it's a guy with some issue with his sperm and the lady's not ovulating. There's so many other things that go into a person or a couple's decision-making and what type of treatment is going to be the right thing for them, that you really never know where that discussion is going to lead you. Um, so much of it is, is the personal interaction, really fitting the, the, the whole picture to that couple and figuring out what's going to be the best decision for them at that time. And we also we always talk about the fertility journey, and it it truly is a journey because you're going to start at one point point, and you will get somewhere else. We may not know exactly where that point is, but it, it's it's a path to be walked together. Wonderful.
1: Okay, and awesome. Carrie, I actually had the same question for you. Was there anything that kind of like spurred you towards being a fertility doctor, or was it something that
2: you just discovered? as you were pursuing your degree. So as I was going through training, I originally wanted to be a neurosurgeon and then I realized that anything above the belt was not terribly interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so moved below the belt and really discovered that I liked obstetrics and gynecology and then was thinking about all the different subspecialties because I've known from the beginning that I wanted to know a lot about just one small area because what the general obstetricians and gynecologists do is they know a little bit about just a huge volume of topics. So I wanted to know a lot about one narrow area. So I thought about oncology and I thought about high-risk obstetrics and urogynecology and some of the other fields. And then when I got to fertility, it's a beautiful mix of lab work, of continuity with patients and getting to know all their intimate stories. And there's nothing better than hearing a heartbeat with a patient for the first time. Um, you know, I'm not particularly scared by tears in the office. I mean, if it's a day where fewer than three people have cried in my office from happy tears, sad tears, frustrated, whatever, then I feel like I'm not really doing my job and letting them express themselves. And so it's just, it's just a very nice fit for my personality and what I like to do both with the science and the medicine and the art of what we do.
1: Yeah. That's that's amazing. Well, and that's an interesting thought too. There is a very big psychological component. Half of to
0: what this. we do is oh psychology. My gosh. Mm-hmm. And when you said tears, happy tears and sad tears, one time I had a, a patient who just was devastated. They had saved their last dime to do IVF and they didn't get pregnant. And the patient was just really almost having an emotional breakdown in the office. And so we kind of got her through that and got her husband there and got some help for her. And I literally went into the next room and right when I walked in the door, this patient just ran up and hugged me. And she's like, thank you, Dr. Evelyn. you've made my dreams come true. And it was just, it was amazing what the, you know, it was just major up and down. And I think we see a lot of that with our patients, lots of ups and downs. And, and like you said, it's a journey. We really see a lot of that. It's really, it's sad to see him cry unhappy tears but it's even more thrilling to see the happy tears on the other end when you actually help them get pregnant
1: yeah i guess sad tears all the time would be that would be a downer that would, yeah. it's great that and you guys have that like balance of
0: there's some days like that
1: though, yeah, a lot of sad tears yeah. <laughs>
2: unfortunately that's yeah. the worst part of our job but right. there's no peaks without valleys and so if you're up all the time it means you're not up all the time it means you're flat yeah and so you got to have got to have the downs in order to get the ups
1: for sure. Well, and I'm kind of curious. What drove you guys to want to be part of this podcast? Like, what is there anything with infertility information that's out there that you don't agree with, or is there? Is it just a matter of you're wanting to educate people more?
3: I think one of the hardest things that we deal with is the the general incomplete information that's in the media. We we hear about this person getting pregnant at an advanced age in their late 40s, early 50s, and they have these miracle babies, or, you know, oh, if you live healthy, and you're exercising and eating right, that your eggs are going to be completely fine. And and not all of these things are true. They're they're partial truths, you know, yes, you know, being healthy for the rest of your body is going to increase your chances of having a healthy pregnancy. But Unfortunately, your ovaries are still aging with you. And um, I think one thing that all of us are called to do is really help fill in the gaps so that people have the information they need so that they, if they need care, they can get to it sooner. Right.
1: Okay. And then for, for what about, I'll, I'll go with Abby. Was there anything aside from that, that you were really drawn to with doing this
0: podcast? Well, I think sharing my own experience a little bit, because what I've found is that I think when you know, it's one thing to kind of educate your patient and talk to him about fertility, sort of as a third party, but I think when they really realize that you really know what they're feeling like when you get a negative pregnancy test, or when you, you know, the patients talk a lot about the roller coaster of infertility. That you know, they think it's going to be a great month; they have a good egg, their husband's sperm's good, they're just ready. They know they're going to be pregnant, and then boom, they start their period, and it is truly like a roller coaster. And so. You know, I just, I think there's certain things that if you've not experienced that yourself, you just don't realize. And so I just kind of wanted to share some of that because I really do feel like I'm a kindred spirit with a lot of our infertility patients, even though they may not realize that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And then Carrie, what about for you? I really want to be able to take some of the very technical language that we live and die by as fertility docs, because we're not just clinicians. We're not just surgeons. We also are basic scientists in many respects. Even if you're not doing active lab work, you still have that technical component and really breaking that down in a way that patients can understand. And so when when they're listening to this, kind of know, all right, well, what do we mean by an FSH level? And what do we mean by an AMH level? And your egg count and your follicular count and how all those things play together and putting that in real world terms so that when someone is having that conversation with their own doctor or even just listening to a friend talk about it, they kind of know what's going on. Right. And they know it in real-world terms that's actually going to stick in their brain, yeah. not just be some textbook that is momentarily engaging and then gone from your memory.
1: Yeah, Which, and I can't even imagine – there are so many big words associated with fertility – Thing. I have no idea most of the time listening to you guys all talk at breakfast I was like whoop nope over my head no idea but it's, it's so- a whole
3: nother language it, it truly is even when we get new employees even people who have had <laughs> backgrounds in Gen clinics or things like this it, it's it's a whole it's a whole new world it, it truly is a whole language um, amongst itself you know
0: if you think about it it's a lot of letters AMH FSH
3: <laughs> IVF ICSI HSG IUI
0: yeah I mean it's, it's all letters. It's a of letters is yeah, yeah, what it it's is. It's a whole and alphabet it
2: worth of. It's really confusing. It's alphabet soup. <laughs> <laughs> so. the,
1: in,
0: the infertility
1: alphabet. That's what it is. It is. Yeah. Wow. So was, yeah. And what were you
2: going to say? I was going to say, I was actually really impressed that we managed to keep our excitement down because it's not often fertility docs get to work with each other. I mean, I have a group of two other people um, in my office and I know both of you have quite a few partners, but you don't get that time very often to sit down and talk with each other. So I was actually really impressed that in our excitement for having all these conversations and all the tables around us didn't get up and walk away (laughs) after the eighth time they heard the word at at breakfast, breakfast, (laughs) after the eighth time they heard the word vagina. That's... (laughs) That's all I could
1: think about. While I'm like sitting there eating my French toast, listening to the, the conversations, everyone was having, like that
0: old couple behind us. Aww. When I just about yelled out the word sex, I stopped myself. I'm like, oh. Uh, we're <laughs> in public. But we are in Vegas. So
1: hey. that's, that's not true.
2: that it's far like, of a stretch. Yeah, we
1: were we were at a casino restaurant, right?
2: So I guess that was that was a pretty... It's a neighborhood casino. Exactly, yes. Yeah. There yeah. you go. It's it's but the people here.
0: at the restaurant didn't look like the kind of people that we would be having that discussion that's with. <laughs> (laughs) Do
1: you you guys have to to deal with that a lot with like having to censor yourselves when you're out in public because you're constantly talking all of – this jargon at work all day.
0: So I have to censor myself at home because I have teenagers and they don't want to hear the words that I have to say. (laughs) They're afraid to ask me any question that has to do remotely with my field because I'll be too, too specific for them and they'll be humiliated. (laughs) How many times have you ladies embarrassed your husbands
2: and or children while out at a wedding, bridal shower, baby shower, um, party, you know, Christmas event, whatever?
3: It, you know, it's funny because it's either a con, what we do is either a conversation starter or a conversation ender. <laughs> so either you, you have the disperse and run, like, oh no, we can't uh-huh. talk about it. Or in literally five minutes, we're going to know everything about people's sex lives, every time uh-huh. they've peed on a stick, every temperature they've taken, every, you know, every little step that they've had. And, and so it's, it's just one of those things that you have to, it's a unique part of your life. <laughs>
0: and it is amazing the personal information that someone will share with you when you've just met them for the first mm-hmm, time.
1: Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's knowing that you guys are fertility doctors. Because that is stuff that us normal, we have to keep inside all the time. So I, there have been it times... spills where out I've, at parties right, sometimes. yeah. Especially after a
0: glass of wine oh, or right. two. Uh-huh. Imagine. <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: Well, even last night we were sharing a drink and I started... You know, going into my medical issues too. <laughs> it just kind of it happens. It's it's like a, I, I, but I can imagine that gets that's that's probably gonna get so annoying
3: sometimes too. Well, yeah. it's it's part yeah. of the it, it's part of what we are. I mean, we live and breathe helping people have babies right. and. and it really doesn't bother me at all when somebody does that. In fact, I, I much prefer that than the, you know, scat and run thing. Yeah. And, I you know, I it's practice really in a chatter, too. Right, right. I mean, I practice in a relatively small city and it's unusual to go to H-E-B or Target and not run into somebody oh. who's like, oh, you helped me get pregnant. Oh, you know, it's, so it's great. It's great. Actually, we were looking at buying a, a different house in the neighborhood we're in. And one of my former patients was potentially going to be my, our next door neighbor, and that that house buy fell through. But the husband was like so disappointed because he really wanted to tell all his friends that his neighbor knocked up his wife. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a, well, and on that note, I wanted to mention in our name, our podcast name, was "Fertility Doctors Uncensored." So it's sometimes we're going to get a little edgy. I'm hoping, right? Absolutely. yeah, mm-hmm. that's
0: our daily work is edgy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think this is it's going to be a lot of fun for for us to have all these perspectives and for you guys to be able to open up and you know entertain and educate at the same time. This is going to be super fun podcast. I can't
0: wait. Speaking of knocking up, you said the word, it made me think of a funny story. When a couple of years ago at our Christmas party, sometimes the our staff, our nurses will roast us a little bit. So um, one of our nurses took it upon herself to come up with a T-shirt for us, which I've never worn in public. <laughs> but it was a shirt that had all of our pictures on it. And it says, knocking up Nashville since 1989. <laughs> That can be perceived in a lot of that ways. That can be perceived, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs>
1: that's amazing. That's hilarious. Well, this has been just the first of many episodes. Where I just wanted to to give you guys, as audience, an idea of who you are and kind of get a feel for for what to expect. Um, was there anything else that you guys wanted to add before we sign off of this episode?
3: No? We're having Keep a blast. Listening. I love it. Yeah, awesome. yeah, awesome. yeah. Keep listening. We're, we're excited to see where this takes us. Yeah, because it'll literally be across the United States. Yes, mm-hmm. yes,
1: super fun. Well, please. Yeah. So, uh, please, uh, thank you so much for listening to this first episode. This has been Fertility Docs Uncensored. We've got tons of more episodes to come. So tune in, have a great day.